Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Anybody here ever young before? Anybody young before? All the kids are like, do I, do I put my hand up? I'm still young. You were younger at one point. So anybody young before? We've all been young before. But when I was in Bible college, and I realize in Bible college, you're still not that young. You're supposed to be an adult. Um, when I went to Bible college, I actually went in my early 20s because I went away to school right after high school. Um, anybody in the room, I don't even know what age people are in the room. Anybody in the room where like after this year of high school, you're supposed to be going away like to university. And by when I say you're supposed to, that's the pressure. Anybody? Want? No? You just sold. You just bought. Anybody else? Who else in here? I saw somebody. Anybody's hand? I just want you to know like I went away right after school. And I see teachers in the room, and they're going to hate me for this. I went away right after school because that was the pressure to go and do. And so I went away to uh, Belleville for Loyalist College, and I was going to go for policing. And when I got there, um, it was a great place and stuff. But within about two, maybe three weeks, I was done, and I went home. And it was one of those times where it was just not good for me uh, mentally. It wasn't good for me spiritually. And I was kind of trying to figure out what to do with my life. And so in the time period when I came home, I started working retail and stuff like that. And because I had no intentions of going uh, back to school, I bought a car. And it was kind of interesting. I bought a car in like May and I started college in January. And I don't know if I just didn't hear God well or um, if it was just a step of faith. But if you're in university or college and you're paying for a car, um, things get tight. And one time I was working at Lakeshore Camp, and I was paying for my car, and I was still going to school and everything like that. But the camp was closed, so hours were getting shorter. Money wasn't coming in as well. And I'm not one for debt, so I wasn't really getting OSAP. And all of a sudden, my bank account was very low. And as Pastor Carlos shared a few weeks ago, he went to Mr. Noodles. I've never been a Mr. Noodles fan. Um, So I ate rice. Every meal. And it got to a point where what I got to top my rice with was margarine, salt, and pepper. Um, It was breakfast and lunch and supper of champions. That's what that was. And as I'm doing this, all of a sudden, my wonderful, beautiful fiance shows up at the camp and wants to cook me dinner. So she goes into my cabin where I'm staying, and she goes to make me dinner. And she immediately comes driving back to where I was working and goes, what have you been eating? All I can find in your place is rice. And I'm like, well, I've been eating rice. And she said, for how long? I'm like, oh, probably at least a week now. And she goes, okay, I'm going to make you supper. And not only did she make me supper, she went and bought a whole pile of groceries and filled my kitchen, and so I married her. (laughs) Isn't it 
it amazing when somebody bails you out of a situation? Isn't it amazing when someone, like they basically pay a debt for you that you couldn't pay in the moment or possibly never pay? Isn't it amazing the way God talks to us and the way he steps in? We're in part two of our series called The Invitation. And today we're going to talk about the two debtors. The two debtors, the people who have a debt to pay. And it's another parable. It's another, it's another story. It's a story that Jesus tells. And in Luke 7, if you want to turn there, right in Luke 7, starting about verse 36, we are introduced to a Pharisee named Simon. And Simon actually invites Jesus over to his house. So there's a lot of Pharisees that are um, criticizing Jesus, not happy with Jesus. But Simon goes, hey, Jesus, why don't you come to my house? And we can have lunch together. We can eat together. And then all of a sudden, while they're in his house, this lady shows up. She just walks right in. And she joins the party. She joins the gathering. But while she's there, she begins to weep. She begins to cry. And she kneels down at Jesus' feet. Now, we have to realize when they go to sit down and eat, they're kind of, um, they're not at a table like we are. They're sitting down. And so Jesus' feet is behind him a little bit. He's kind of kneeling down, eating. And this lady is behind him at his feet, weeping. And her tears are spilling over onto his feet. It says she is washing his feet with her tears. And she's drying his feet with her hair. And she has oil that she's anointing him with. Now, First off, if you're in a room and you don't like feet, this is disgusting to you in the first place. Second off, you have to realize there's no pavement in Jesus' day. And third off, he only wore sandals. So as she's doing this, you have to understand her desire to be in his presence, her feelings, her repentance, her heart towards Jesus. And Simon begins to criticize this, and he begins to say, if Jesus knew who she was, And then in verse 40, Jesus responds and he said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he he replied, Simon replied, say it, teacher. A money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he canceled the debts to both of them, of both. So which, which of them would love him more? It's not a trick trick question. So Simon, in verse 43, answered and said, I assume the one whom he canceled the greater debt. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. And turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But she has not stopped kissing my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but the one who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. 
for your word. We thank you how it speaks to us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, how you've already spoken to us directly. Now we just ask that, Holy Spirit, as we read through the word and as we learn from your word, that you will open our hearts and our ears to hear from you. Father, I pray that you hide me behind the cross and let my words be your words. Speak through me today. And Lord, I pray for life transformation in myself and for everyone listening, that Lord, we leave this place changed and looking more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to touch on four things today. The first one I want to talk about was what was Simon the Pharisee's attitude? What was Simon the Pharisee's attitude? As Jesus came in, sat down to visit with him, what was his attitude towards this place, towards this meeting, this lunch? See, Simon is a Pharisee, and most Pharisees see themselves as higher than other people. They just had this attitude about them that they were better than others. They were smarter, more righteous, and they had a reputation of constantly looking down on other believers and sinners, making them not feel quite as spiritual. And we need to make sure, as Christians, that we don't measure our spiritual maturity, our strength, to others. We don't need to compare ourselves to others. Comparing is a dangerous thing on both sides. Whether I think I'm not good enough or whether I think I'm better, comparing to each other is not a place to start. It's not a place to be. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with someone who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. They are not wise. And see, this is true in many areas of our lives. If we don't have people speaking into our lives with... with, um, speaking into our lives and we don't have a good relation with God, we may walk around thinking highly of ourselves. See, we need to be sensitive to hear God's voice as he speaks to us and leads us so that we don't get full of pride. See, I want you to know, in this room right now, if I only compare myself with myself, I will think really highly of myself. Now, it's dangerous to compare myself to you. I understand that. But when I look at my spirituality and I just honestly look at my own life and I just think of myself as awesome and amazing and, and incredible, I have nothing to change. See, as we talked just earlier with the word that uh, Terry shared about, hey, if you want change in your spiritual life, you need to change in your physical life. If we don't ask the Holy Spirit to show us what needs to change in our lives and honestly listen to him and be sensitive to his presence, we're all going to think we're great. See, the Pharisees, they looked at the rules that Jesus had, the rules that they had and the laws that they had, and as long as they fulfilled them, they thought they were incredible and amazing. Do you know that you can drive the speed limit every day and still be a horrible driver? Do you know that you can never get in an accident and wear your seatbelt all the time and keep your hands at 10 and 2 if that's still what you're supposed to do? And still be a horrible driver. Are we sensitive to God's leading that he will speak to us? 
and that we won't fill ourselves with pride. You see, when Simon invited Jesus over to his house, if he was really interested in hosting Jesus because he wanted a relationship with him, he wanted to get to know him, he would have greeted Jesus with a kiss. This was a cultural thing to do back then. Now, I'm a little bit thankful that culture has changed. But he would have greeted Jesus with a kiss if when inviting Jesus over was about Jesus and not about himself. Do you know that he would have given him water for his feet? Again, a cultural thing to do because, like I said, they walked around on dirt roads. They only wore sandals, so their feet were always dirty. In the summertime, as soon as the uh, snow starts to melt, my flip-flops are on. And I wear them all the time. And there's times where, depending on where I've been walking or what I've been doing, if I walk into somebody's house, I honestly think I should keep my flip-flops on. And here, Simon doesn't offer water for his feet. And I know we're like, Chad, it's just water for his feet. It's not a big deal. But it's culturally what they did when they invited somebody into their house to host them. Simon would have poured oil on Jesus' head. Again, it's another custom in Jesus' day. It brought refreshment to them. It brought a fresh fragrance to them. But Simon didn't do any of these things, which makes people believe that the invitation for Jesus to come from Simon was actually all about Simon. Do you know, Andy Stanley tells a story that his father, some of you will know his father more than maybe who he is, but Charles Stanley. And Charles Stanley's ministry, they did some kind of draw, they did some kind of thing where somebody would win an afternoon or a day with Charles Stanley. And Andy Stanley tells a story that when this guy won and his dad took him fishing, and Andy was young, and so he brought Andy along. And while they were canoeing and fishing, Andy recalls that the person, maybe they were nervous, but they talked the whole time. They didn't ask Charles a question. They talked all about themselves and what they've done in ministry and what they do in ministry. And Andy says, still to this day, he remembers that this person had an opportunity to sit with somebody that they learned from and, and uh, study from and, and grow through and had an afternoon, a day, just to spend with them and ask as many questions. And they just talked the whole time. And when I see the story here of Simon, that's what I think of. And that's why I believe that when we have our prayer time, our devotional time, our study time, our relationship time with Jesus during the day, it's so important to ask him questions and sit quietly and listen for his voice to speak to us. Because if I talk the whole time, I'm only going to hear my own thoughts. And if you haven't caught on yet, I really believe that God is smarter than I am. Simon invited Jesus over because he wanted Jesus to know about Simon. Philippians 2 Verse 3 to 4, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of others. 
So as we invite people to accept Jesus, we need to make sure that it's about them and Jesus and it's not about us. As we invest in people for them to come into a relationship with Jesus, it's not about us. It's about them knowing Jesus. It's about them growing in their walk with the Lord. And it's not about us competing with one another in a spiritual sense or even in a physical sense. We want to give praise to other people. We want to lift people up. We want them to go beyond us. They want them to grow in the relationship. See, we need to see Jesus' invitation to people who don't have a relationship with him as something good. Even the blessings that they receive from it. The blessings that they receive from it. We need to learn to celebrate them. See, we have to remember that in Scripture, Jesus tells us that when somebody comes into a relationship with Jesus, there's actually a celebration in heaven. When somebody gives their heart to the Lord, we need to celebrate. We need to get excited. We need to be happy. Titus 1.16 says, They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. What do our actions say? What do our actions portray to other people? Because I'm sure Simon could quote a lot of scripture. I'm sure Simon had a lot of study time in his life. He knew the laws. He kept the laws. But when it came down to his heart, his actions showed so clearly. We celebrate new relationships with Jesus. Because Paul says this, without love, we are nothing. We are nothing. So what was, the, what was the woman's attitude? What was the woman's attitude when she showed up? See, we have to realize culture. So the woman just walks into Simon's place while he's hosting Jesus. This might seem weird to us. If you were having somebody over for lunch and I just walked in the door and sat down, that would be a little bit weird in our culture. But in their culture, when somebody was hosting somebody, when there was a gathering, this was actually normal for strangers to show up and to stay to the side and just observe what's going on. It was actually normal for them. But she came in. She came in silently. She came in with a heart to learn from Jesus and to seek forgiveness. She, it doesn't say anything that she came in to talk. She didn't come in to talk. She didn't come in to try to eat anything. She wasn't even having a conversation. She didn't say anything. She came in and knelt at Jesus' feet, and she washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. And she poured perfume over his feet. When we look at her conduct and we compare it to Simon's, there is a huge difference. There is a big difference difference he showed that he loved Jesus a little and she showed that she loved Jesus a lot her expression was a huge appreciation for the forgiveness that Jesus offers Simon he actually didn't seem to care much 1 Corinthians 8 2 to 3 says Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know. But whoever 
loves God is known by God. And I guess we have to figure out what's more important to us. What's more important to us? Knowledge, wisdom, which is all healthy, which is all good. But I don't know about you, but I want to be known by God. If you want to be known by God, we spend time with Him. 1 John 2.10 says, Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. Do you love everybody? As you look through this room, do you love everybody? I guess the big question here is it literally lists brothers and sisters. Do you love your family? Do you care for them? Do you put them above yourself? We are supposed to love each other as an expression of God's love for us and in us. So now let's get to some of the questions Jesus asked. What is the significance of the question, which of them will love him more? I don't know about you, when I hear this question, which of them will love him more? It's such a great question. It's such a heavy question. And I talked last week about what I believe is one of the best testimonies. And I still believe it's one of the best testimonies for those who grew up in the church and, and went through high school and university and everything, still serving Jesus and not stumbling and not walking away. I still believe it's the best testimony. If you understand what salvation to you still means. See, when you are saved from a life of sin, there's a deep appreciation and love. I remember the exact time. I was 21 years old. It was May long weekend. It was Saturday night. It was in Kingston, Ontario. It's Queen's University. It was in their hockey rink right on the floor. And the stage was there. It was just right over here. And I remember when I repented and gave my heart back to Jesus. And I remember the clear vision that I had in my head. I was weeping and sobbing to a point where two of my best friends actually went and got a, a pastor, a leader, because they actually thought the weeping was so bad they weren't sure if there was a demon involved. And the pastor came over and he just prayed for him and he's like, no, that's just Jesus. And I saw plain as day, this was, I'm pretty sure it was before Passion of the Christ, but I remember seeing somebody getting beaten. And then I see hands getting nailed to a piece of wood and I begin to realize this is Jesus being crucified. And I just asked the Lord, what, what is this? And he just said, this, this is what your sins cost. But it's paid. I remember I got up from that floor and changed. But with a very clear understanding of what sin in my life cost. 
And when we understand what our sins cost, we understand why we need to love him so much. See, Simon confessed when he answered Jesus' question, which of them will love him more? And he said, the one with the greater debt. See, it causes you to love God more. It causes you to serve him more. Because I understand that my life is not my own. And you begin to openly realize what happens when you believe and you know better. I begin to understand. John, 1 John 3, 10 and 11 says this. This is how we know that we are the children of God. Where this is how we know who the, who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child. Nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. That's a heavy verse. Now, how do you know what to do? What's right? What's wrong? Well, you spend time with God. You study his word. His word and the spirit will guide you in what is right and wrong. And the truth will actually set you free. And when you are free, you begin to understand what that costs. 1 John 3 goes on in verse 18 and says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. What do your actions show people? What does your actions show? We need to understand and live it. And to live it that not just our faith, but it's both our faith and our actions. We need to serve one another and our community. We need everyone to be serving, even here at the church. We serve not because a pastor asked, but because it's a Lord who saved us. And he asks us to serve. See, Simon condemned this lady for what she was doing. Jesus shows great love and offers forgiveness. This is the way that Jesus came. This is why he came. He came to pay a debt for us. To pay a debt for each and every one of us. So jump back to when I was working at the camp and and Melissa went and bought all these groceries for me. Like I said, I had a car at the time. And money began to get so tight that I realized I'm not going to make this month's payment. And I didn't know what to do. I've never been in this situation before. I've never asked anybody for anything. I've never asked anybody for money. And so all of a sudden, I get to a point where I don't have a choice. And I pick up the phone, and I call my dad. And I'm shaking and weeping. And when my dad answers the phone, he's like, hey, how's it going? And and my only response is tears. I'm broken. And immediately, my dad's like, what is going on? What is wrong? Just collect yourself. Just tell me what's wrong. And I finally was able to get out of my system, get out of my, my body, I don't have any money to pay for my car. And my father's response 
is what the Heavenly Father's response is to you when you say you don't know what to do. His response was this simple. Is that it? Yes. How much? I told him. There's a check in the mail tomorrow. That's your Heavenly Father. What's wrong? This is what's wrong. And not to discredit what you're telling him, he just says, is that it? I'll look after it right now. This is our Heavenly Father. 1 John 3 goes on to say in 23, and this is his commandment to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. We believe in Jesus and we love one another. Loving one another isn't just a good idea. You read here that it's actually a command. We're supposed to love one another. Why? 1 John 4.19 goes on to say we love because he first loved us. So last question is, what is the significance of the question? Do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? Can you imagine Simon through this? And all of a sudden Jesus just goes, do you see this woman? See, Simon was caught up in himself. He didn't see her through God's eyes. Do you see your coworker? Do you see your neighbor? Do you see your loved one? Do you see them the way God does? Or are we too distracted with ourselves to notice what's going on around us? Can we see people and not judge them? Can we see people with the eyes of Jesus? See, Jesus wants Simon to realize that her loving and faithful attitude is what is required for forgiveness. Hebrews 11, 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Simon could not see past this lady's past. That's all he saw. When we see people on the street or at our workplaces or even come into this place, how do we see them? What are our thoughts? Do we pray and ask God, Lord, everybody I see, let them help me to see them through your eyes. See, Jesus graciously exposes Simon's heart and shows him the depth of the lady's repentance and her faith to know that if she gets in there, things will change. Seeing people the way Jesus does, loving others over ourselves, loving those who have hurt us. These all take faith. Accepting Jesus' invitation takes faith. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Jesus 
discerned a desire in her to change from her old ways and to begin living God's way of life. See, when you accept Jesus' invitation, you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. If you've accepted Jesus in your life, do you still have that? That inexpressible and glorious joy? Maybe if you're in the room and you've accepted Jesus before, or you're watching online, maybe some of us, we need Jesus to renew the joy of our salvation, the excitement, the passion. Now, in the tough times, we can still have peace and joy. We just need to accept the invitation. If you'd like to accept his invitation or recommit your life to him, let's just say this prayer together. If everyone will repeat after me. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to see past my past, and to forgive me of my sins. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. I accept you as the Savior of my life. And I want to follow you forever. Give me strength. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer and you're in this room for the very first time, or maybe you've recommitted your heart to the Lord this morning, as you're leaving, just tell me at the door. You could just simply say, I said the prayer. I just want to pray for you this afternoon as you're living life and going about your day. If you're online and you've said the prayer for the first time or recommitted your life to the Lord, send me an email at chad at bethelstratford.org. Again, I just want to pray for you and encourage you as you walk this life out for Jesus Christ. And so for everyone, God bless you and have a great day. Also, just a reminder that tonight at 6.30, we have a worship and prayer time here at the church. You don't want to miss it. So we'll see you later. God bless you. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.